The world is changing at a rapid pace. But how do we ensure that new technologies not only create a better sustainable world, but also keep the rapidly digitizing world safe? The future is exciting, but what will these technologies practically do for us now? How can you leverage these innovations in a way it benefits your organization at scale, without focusing too much on hypes? In short, how do you accelerate your organization during these accelerating times? The answer is you. It requires a human perspective, a change-maker perspective. Let's discuss the human perspective on digital. Welcome to Chess of Change. My name is Nart Wienaert, and today we're going to explore this subject with two hotshots. We have change-maker in IT at Ordina, Paul Heimans, and we have Dan de Kat, head of data at Brussels Airport. Welcome and very good to have you both here. I would like to start with a short introduction of, uh, of you both to see who's, uh, who's at the table. And I'd, I suggest we start with our guest today. Dan, can you introduce yourself? So, Dan de Kat. Um, now four years working at Brussels Airport Company and heading the digital and data department. And what fascinates you most about that, about your job every day? Um, honestly, to that you can rapidly deliver things for your customers. Speed. Speed, yes. And uh, it's a drastic change you can bring to them. Okay. And that's uh, quite cool. We'll talk about the aspect of speed later because I think that's probably important. Maybe that's for you as important as well. But Paul, what is, uh, what is your role and what do you do every day? Uh, Paul, um, responsible for software development open source at Ordina. And I've been in uh, software development for over 20 years now. And my passion really is to build software with teams. You yeah. actually build software yourself as well. You don't do that anymore, I, maybe, I, but I you, you used to do that. I used to do that, and now for a hobby, I do a bit. But I'm I'm, I'm not a very very skillful uh, programmer anymore, I must say. But to at be least honest. you you can you, you you can do hands-on things. That's, for sure, that's, that's, for sure. Well, I'm I'm always a bit jealous about <laughs> guys like you because I I just talk about. Uh, uh, themes like this, but I can't do it. Can't do it at all. So I'm a bit jealous of uh, this. Uh. Let's get things a bit uh, started, and let's get uh, things started at. Well, you suggested the word uh, speed, and we like to speed up this podcast as well. I'd like to start with some quick fire statements to, you know, to get you going. And and I have to be a bit strict in this because you have to make a choice, and later on you can come back to it and get to more nuanced view on it. Dan, I'd like to start with you with a simple statement. Um, in the short term, you have to choose. Companies will benefit more from cloud or AI. I would choose AI. AI. Paul, agree or disagree? Most companies adopt innovative technology too slow. Yes or no? Agree. Agree. Dan, agree or disagree? The problems we've seen at Schiphol Airport last summer will never happen in Brussels. <laughs> uh, disagree, it can happen, but okay. we hope not. We'll get back to that later. Um, Paul, agree or disagree? In five years' time, no one will talk about ChatGPT. Disagree. Disagree. We'll probably get back to that one as well. Dan, what do you prefer? Being late to adopt the new technologies, but do it right the first time, or be the first one? with trial and error. Trial and error. Okay. Paul, the final one. Um, AI will replace human software developers. Your original job. Disagree. Disagree, okay. 
Maybe it's good to, to, to start with that one. Why do you disagree on that? Yeah, I disagree for the following. So, um, we are like at a breakthrough moment, I think, at this moment. I started 20 years ago when the internet was new. Um, I had a modem to dial into the internet, uh, started coding. And now 20 years later, um, I think with um, features like GitHub Copilot, AWS Code Whisperer, which is like AI tooling to help programmers, um, programmers can be massively more productive. I still think you will need programmers to glue everything together and to convert what the business wants uh, or actually needs to working software, but it will definitely change the whole playing field for the in the next couple but of years. But give me an idea, like if you have now if you now have a team of like say 100 developers, how many will you need in the future? Yeah, so Research now shows uh, from, from Amazon, from Microsoft, that one developer can go like 55% faster using this technology at the current stage. We have done some experiments at Ordina, and we also see 30 to 50% more productivity. Okay. MIT has done research which says uh, skillful engineers can be orders of magnitude faster producing software. Um, if you think about testing and all these other areas, there is so much speed we can get, get by using yeah. this AI. It will be a massive change and for companies like Ordina, the world will okay. really change. Okay. Do you use this kind of technology already in your, in your environment? No idea. No idea? <laughs> you're, you're not a programmer yourself, are you? No, absolutely no. not, no. Um, but what I... You do see the potential of it? Yeah, the speed, what I was wondering, would you still have a difference between developers? Now you have sometimes very good developers and not so good developers <laughs> with that. The thing is, what the junior does now, being a bit disrespectful, that can be easily overtaken by AI. But how does the junior now become a senior, right? So that's quite interesting okay. to look at what will happen there. Paul, at Ordina, you use this concept of a change maker. What does it mean to you? Uh, for me, it's really like, if you look at a team of people, there was always some people in there that come with new opportunities. They see new tech or not new possibilities, and then they will advocate that to the team. We need to use this technology because it will help us to do this better or faster or whatever. Um, but then you also need to be realistic, right? You can't jump on every train of new technology. So it also should have a business justification to use this mm -hmm. technology. And I think um, um, it's super important that you have the people that spot these chances, also the people that can have the conversations like, will it really help us at the moment or should we not do that? And then it's also about making it happen. And that's also often a different type of person, mm -hmm. yeah, which is very good in the execution and not per se in the idea. And that for me is like, hey, if you get this team of change makers with all these personalities together, they can make success. Yeah. And you're talking about a train, you said a train of new technology, and you said we can't do it all, and I would say you don't even want to do it all because there's probably a lot of hype going on. Yeah. If, you, if you look at the train, there's a lot of new technologies that are not relevant. How, how can you make sure that you start thinking from relevance and not from the technology itself, so that you make sure that you first you think about the value for the organization, and then you start looking for new technology. 
how at Ardina, how, how, how do you make sure that, that, that it's yeah. the, in the right order? Yeah, so, so what, what we do obviously is we look at the industry, publications, Gartner, etc. But more important, our people are like going to conferences, reading magazines, online stuff, etc. So they scan the whole field. But then to us, have we work with, let's say, around 50 large customers uh, in the Netherlands. Uh, we should really look at what will help these customers for their problems. Because if, if it's not relevant for those customers, it doesn't make any sense. Um, therefore also, we don't need to need, need to be bleeding edge. If we're fast followers, usually it's good enough because otherwise you're too early, right? But for me, it's always like, it has to help solving a business problem, um, delivering value or accelerating teams. There has to be something justifying that we actually jump on that train right. and not not for the sake of new yeah. tech like Dan was yeah. saying before as well. I see. You mentioned fast follower. Do you consider yourself a fast follower at, at the airport or how would you describe your your in terms of the technology that you embrace now? Are you what is how, how should we judge you in that in that respect? Depends if you compare us in the airport industry. I think we are very much ahead in Europe. Okay. Uh, I will not compete with Singapore, or uh, but in Europe, with what we are doing, data-driven operations and then um, interaction with our with our passengers via digital way. I think we will. We are at the top 10 airports in, in, uh, in Europe. Let's make navigating this accelerating world a bit more tangible. Dan, you're doing amazing work at Brussels Airport. Thanks to data analysis and machine learning, Brussels Airport can make a 90% accurate prediction of the expected summer crowds months in advance. And thanks to smart simulations, the airport can respond adequately to last-minute changing passenger flows. The result is smoother traffic flow and happy riders. It sounds too good to be true. Uh, well, we have had the problems at Schiphol Airport. I'm sure maybe, Paul, you've uh, you've been there as well. Maybe you've encountered the, the queues at Schiphol. Yeah, uh, definitely, definitely. Did you? <laughs> yeah, last year frustrating, May, I guess. Last year, May, very frustrating yeah. <laughs> to be there. Um, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, the promise, of course, in Brussels is that we will never have that. But as you said in the, in the early dilemmas, no, we can't promise that it will never happen. You have to be cautious, of course. But tell me a bit more about what you're doing, what, 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 what kind of predictions you are uh, do, uh, making possible now at, uh, at Brussels Airport? I think you call it monthly production, uh, predictions mm -hmm. and it's hourly predictions, honestly. Wow. Because what you want to do is how many people are coming, like say, tomorrow and what time of the day? Because they have to go through the different processes, some check-in, uh, 60% or 40%, depends uh, what time of the year check-in, border some who fly out of, out of Europe uh, or the non-Schengen zone. So you need to see what is the load on those different processes to make it as efficient as possible. Say, how many screening lanes will we open at which hour of the day? So with the predictions, 90% is even, it's Belgian style, it's underestimated, it's even higher. Um, so we are quite good in predicting when are people coming to the airport and how many people should we foresee to make the journey as smooth as possible. And that helps a lot. It's, it's first of all for the passenger. Their experience is 10 times better, mm -hmm. much more at ease and, and so on. But also for our operation, it's much more efficient and much more cost efficient. It, it sounds very logical. Uh, but when did you start this? When, when did this program start? 
Four years ago. Four years ago. How do you start with this? Where, where do you where do you get it going? What is um, I for me uh, the new thing is unlock your data from your old legacy systems, unlock it, and start working with it. And that doesn't have to be so expensive, or it doesn't have to take so long. Yeah, you need to know which data, etc. But if you have the right people and the right knowledge in your organization. Get the data in a cloud platform and start working with it. In fact, uh, Paul, I think that that's what you were saying earlier as well. It doesn't have to be very complex. It, it, it can quick wins can really get uh, really to big results, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's the yeah, it's the classic low hanging fruit and all these kind of things, yeah, but. In every company, there was so much data already in so many systems, and just looking at hey, what issues or or challenges do we have, and how can we do something there using that data, and just bringing some stuff together, interacting with some partners in the ecosystem can do so much already. So, but fact, you need to have the idea. <laughs> in fact, we could say that doing a lot of low hanging fruit creates the big bang itself. Maybe it is. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. So. Back to the airport, uh, Dan. Could you tell me some very tangible results of what you've been doing? What, 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 what are real results that passengers can see every day or that managers of operations can see every day? Yeah, you have the, the, the in, uh, our operations itself at the airport. Uh, you try, again, as I said, the processors to make them as efficient as possible. It starts with checking. Where do you locate certain airlines? We simulate different scenarios to make that as efficient as possible, that you don't have big check-in rows and whatever. So that's one thing, then you go screening, etc. But then the other thing is, um, and that's the digital part of my world, is interaction with your passenger. You can follow your flight today at Brussels Airport, you get flight updates, you just subscribe, you go to the website, you fill in this for this flight, I want to receive updates. And you're from when you're at home, you know, when do I need to come to the airport? How much time before it? For your flight, need to go there. Because we have the data on how much people are coming at mm -hmm. that moment. How are the processes? How much time will you wait? We have predicted waiting times. Mm -hmm. So we know that we, we can ease your yeah. mind, we call yeah. it. You yeah. will not yeah. miss your flight. Actually, I've been reading a bit before, before we started this conversation. And then I read the, the, the slogan that you're using, ease the mind and move the heart. What you're telling me now is ease the mind. I mean, me as a passenger, I'm I'm okay. I'm gonna, I'm gonna. You, you're gonna help me that I'm sure to catch my flight. How do you move my heart? I, it it depends on the person. Um, for some people, a very smooth journey can move his heart. Like what? What a great experience mm. did I have? For some people, you need other things. Uh, we we can give you hearts, or we can hey. It, it depends on, we want to find out what you want and then we want to move your heart that you say I had the best experience at Brussels airport. That's what mm -hmm. we want to do. Mm -hmm. But you, it depends on you, who you are. Right. If you say, I want to, we have different personas as we call it, typical marketing. Um, I want to be as quick as possible at my flight. I want to uh, arrive the latest as possible at the airport, spend as least time. Okay, we can fix that because we have the data, we can do it for yeah. you. Yeah. You have people who love to be yeah. at the airport yeah. Yeah. and really it's quite a lot yeah. and say, my holiday starts when I'm there. Give them the holiday experience. Let them sit in the bar and already dream about uh, Honolulu or whatever. Yeah. That's, but it depends on who you are and what you expect. Uh, and that's what we try to do. But is that the vision? I mean, these, these simple words, ease the mind, move the heart. Is that where it all started with the yeah. vision that, that, yeah. that that's, that's the overall 
big hairy goal, I would say, that, that all your projects should contribute to that? It helps for people to give direction, this is what we want to achieve. Yes, yes absolutely. Yeah. And I think it's not my slogan, but I... And in terms of, I mean, and inter this, this, this is all about me as a, as, a, as a customer of the airport. And in terms of efficiency or cost, what, 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 what does it bring? I should watch out what I say a little yeah, bit. No, you, do, you don't have to. We you can, you really, can tell us everything. We really achieved a lot of cost savings um, by doing it. First yeah. of all, I, you meet KPIs. Uh, you want to achieve that people don't need to wait longer than 10 minutes and whatever. Yeah for 95% yeah. of the time, so you meet them, which is very important for our reputation. Yeah. Um, but also, yeah, if you uh, use your bus drivers much more efficient, yeah, you, you save money, you yeah. just save money. And I'm curious that uh, now you're supposedly, you're very good at um, uh, predicting flows, predicting potential problems as well. And you said, well, we're not sure that uh, something like a ship hole will never happen to us. Can you predict the next phase where you may have you may you may have to take action to prevent from problems uh, are, you, are you that far are you that that innovative yeah you will see what things happen that will have impact on, the, on those processors there is new legislation coming that you need to give your fingerprint and uh, whatever at the border it's i think september this year yes. um, yeah if the throughput time of your processing at the Douane, eh, uh, I don't know the English, the, the customs. The customs. Yeah. If it goes from one minute to three minutes, yeah, you can imagine what it does to the waiting line. Yeah, there's, there's a chain of up, it, there's a chain of things happening. In and the, we are with data yeah, simulating yeah. those issues, yeah. but to find a solution is is, is yeah. not so easy. Yeah. So we might have those problems, but we are we can show like these are the issues we're gonna have if we don't act. That's something we can do, but the solution is not so easy. And probably now that you have uh, tangible results, it's it's easier to keep it going and to to, to make new investments for, for the future. That's one thing. Yeah. Secondly, uh, people start to believe in data, cool. what data brings, and base their decisions on data, which is uh, uh, where you wanna go, but that's an amazing step for the airport, which, yeah. Well, you are here as a, as a relation, as, as a partner of uh, Ordina. What, what, is, what is your relationship with Ordina? What, what, is, uh, what does Ordina do at the airport? So for that unlocking of the data, the cloud platform, building that, and then uh, uh, making models to predict and whatever to maintain it. Because honestly, we do it intraday, so it's real time. It's not like, oh, we will see what happens. No, we have even alerts like this can happen in two hours at that point. Um, so the, the IT function there, uh, Ordina is one of our partners for that. And secondly, because we are, I think, um, ahead in Europe, we are selling what we've built to other airports. Yeah. Uh, and there okay. we, we, we partner with Ordina okay. to, uh, to do that. Is, is that a common model, Paul, uh, to work like this with, uh, with clients? We do it with clients, but it's not the most common model. This is um, a very sophisticated th model. It th is very advanced. Um, what we, however, do is uh, um, frequently we um, determine solutions for problems at customers, right? And where we see repetition there, we as Ordina built internal solutions, so, so assets that can solve these common problems. For example, a Kickstarter mobile app with, with which you can uh, really quickly develop a very nice mobile app. And we can then reuse that 
uh, at multiple customers to prevent that customers uh, need to figure out everything themselves, have long meetings with architects, okay. uh, etc. Um, so we want to, uh, in this whole field of technology and possibilities, etc., it's almost impossible to comprehend as customers everything. So we want to help them, have being their partner, and hey, this, this should be uh, a good solution for your problem, and we can accelerate you because we did before. So let, let's just start and get the features and the business value yeah. in instead of discussing about uh, tech. And that helps in the issue that we earlier discussed that to, to make sure that you're not in the pitfall of just um, picking the technology because it's so it's so fashionably to pick this new technology. You really start thinking from from what's needed, from the value yeah. that, that, that uh, the client needs. You always hear about pain, pain and gains eh, when you think about value thinking. So you always look at eh, what are the pain and gains at the customer or, or, and, and what do we need to do yeah. to solve these, to yeah. relieve these. Yeah. And uh, Paul, if, uh, for airports, they have the same issues. Yeah. So that is even more easy. You have check-in at every airport, you have a screening, you have borders. So it's a regulated process. And therefore, the solution that we have is easy copied towards another airport with companies. It's but is, is, the, is, that, is that the future or is that already happening now? That this, <laughs> no, I, selling I, the concept I, to other airports? I think that's the future. Huh? We're working on that. But in general, I think huh? I'm from, we develop custom software for customers. But we solve similar use cases at many mm. customer mm. sites, obviously. I really believe you need to look at where can I use, for example, SaaS software or a product if that meets your need, and where am I unique, and where do I really want to invest in, and where can I reuse software which has been used at others, because there is, why would you do that, do that yourself? So right? maybe net, now we are at the heart of the problem. What you're saying is that we, we, we tend to focus too much on tailor-made solutions, even when it's not necessary to have tailor-made solutions. Yeah, yeah. and, and I, th I think you need to look at your problem and look, often it's a mesh of okay. solutions working together to solve your problems. Yeah. You should build, only if there is a business case, either something yeah. that makes you unique or something that's just cost-effective to build. But if there are standard solutions out there who can do things, yeah. uh, for example, uh, you have tools like Power BI to to make dashboarding for you, right, from Microsoft. Why would I build the solution for that myself? Just use the product to do that. Does not every company think they are unique? Uh, yeah, I, I think, I think <laughs> maybe, maybe, that's one of the challenges, I think. Maybe it's job to, 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 <coughs> well, to sort of... And, and the thing is, the, co the composition of all often is unique, but in that composition are many parts which are not unique, yeah. which are just commodity, and you should, you should just use that. Okay, so to wrap things up about this podcast, it's been an interesting one. And to wrap things up a bit, I think I have a few lessons that we could uh, learn from this. One is that um, when starting with technology transformations, you always have to start with the relevance and never start with uh, the technology itself. It's, uh, we really should avoid that trap. Another one is that it's not always necessary to develop tailor-made solutions. Sometimes we can build on previous experiences and um, well we should we should use that and um, well what I also learned is that Brussels is uh, setting the standard now for uh, other airports and is actually uh, trying to sell the concept to other airports very interesting and maybe in one of the most important things is that um, and it's very promising as well 
that with small efforts in technology, you can have you can attain large amounts of value, and that to me is a very optimistic thing to um, to think of. Um, so to conclude, um, Dan, is there anything you would like to add to that? It's an amazing world. It's an amazing world. It is an amazing world. Paul, do you have anything to add on that? Yeah, yeah, maybe because because I think the, the Brussels case um, uh, that Dan shared with us is, is like the perfect example where uh, what we see at multiple customers that we're going mobile first and you, you have to reach that customer via mobile. Um, with the use of cloud data and AI, you can really uh, optimize your user journeys, add value in a, in a fast way. Um, and we're making uh, projects for, for different customers, I, I won't name them, but you can imagine that if you need to check if um, um, somebody is using the mobile phone uh, on the motorway, which is illegal, uh, if somebody would need to look at those cameras to write out fines, with yeah, very time consuming, relative yeah. standard technology now, yeah. you can train models to recognize that somebody is on the phone and be very sure about that. And then you can make sure that they get on the mobile phone the notification of the fine. And it's, easy, right? and, and it's easier <laughs> than we think. That's what you're that, saying. That's all doable. Yeah. 20 years ago, that was really complex tech. But now with these standard services in the cloud, uh, standard ways of applying machine learning, um, it, it becomes very um, reachable for, okay. for companies to actually do that. That sounds like an excellent wrap-up of... Uh this podcast. Thank you so much, uh, guys, for being here and for uh, telling us these insights. And for the listener, thank you for listening to Chats of Change on Changemakers in an Accelerating World. In the following podcast, we discuss the changemaker DNA and the difference humans make in digital transformation. To stay ahead, please subscribe and until next time. Ciao.